Game Devs Quest, uh, your once weekly podcast where we delve into the adventure that is game development. Uh, of course, I'm Rhett. And I'm Taylor. Thanks for joining us, guys. So, uh, we're not recording at our regular time. Um, yeah, we had kind of a weird be- week. Yeah, well, uh, yesterday, if anybody's from the Pacific Northwest as well, you might uh, recall uh, we're recording this kind of the first week of April, second week of April. Beginning of the second week of April, the third age. No, we already did that joke. <laughs> um, but uh, there is a really bad uh, windstorm that's been hit in the West Coast. And uh, where I live, it knocked out a lot of power and knocked out internet and phone service. So yesterday was kind of dicey. Um, when we did get everything back up and running, we ended up just uh, focusing a lot on uh, doing some programming. But yeah. uh, <clears throat> it was pretty productive good week now, uh, after that, though, like... Like, we kind of were MIA for a little while, it felt like, but uh, then we, uh, well, we actually, well, actually, we uh, we kind of like made a goal. Times. I guess that's true. What the heck? What am I thinking? <laughs> uh, but we, it just felt like we probably were in communication a little less than normal. Yeah, could be um, true. Just because, I don't know, I was kind of busy. Um, yeah, well, I, I guess... I, maybe I'm thinking back to a couple of weeks ago, but this I mean, last we did week, meet Monday and Wednesday. That's true. We? we did. We and yeah. like even Sunday or okay. Saturday. Okay, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's because it's Saturday and I don't, you know, it's early. Whatever. It, it is pretty early. <laughs> God. Uh, um, but not early enough for me to not have beaten Risk of Rain this morning. Yeah. So what uh, up? Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yesterday we played Risk of Rain for probably like three hours. Uh, yeah, streamed it on Twitch, which was fun. We got a couple of you watching us. Yeah, um, which was exciting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was terrible at it. That was the first time I had ever played it. Um, I had it in my Steam library for a really long time. Um, but after uh, Rhett got his internet back, we kind of like needed to get some Steam, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, we found Risk of Rain. Rhett's really good at it. I kept dying like constantly, but it's really fun. <laughs> well, I just I just know the tricks, you know. Yeah. It's a lot of like positioning. I feel like for a platformer, a lot of the skill sets uh, in it like still come from like Dota, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, or other like competitive type games like where positioning is just like key. Yeah, you just figure out the little tricks, you know. I don't know. Right. Or it's like remember like remember playing Warband when you're outnumbered. It's like you walk backwards a certain way and you swing your sword a certain way and you can like fend off like whole armies. Yeah. <laughs> I used to always just like take the horse and like, you know, ride it far out and come back in and like swing and kill like one guy and then just keep doing that do over again. and over and over for like an hour. Yeah. One time I fought an army, like my whole army died and I was battling like this other Lord who had like an army of 500 and I probably whittled them down to like 300, but then my army was gone and I, I won the battle by doing that, <laughs> by just like running, and it took all day. Uh, yeah, dude, <laughs> it took all day. I should have just s- surrendered and moved on. But 
Yeah. I was playing on a really hard difficulty too. So it's like, I didn't want to like surrender and then have to like go and get all of my guys back and all my yeah. equipment. So my experience with that game is, um, I pretty much have only played it like several times, but the, uh, the first time I played it, I was sick and I stayed home from work and I played it for nine hours that day. <laughs> And nice. uh, yeah, it was really fun. I think you had recommended it to me. Um, but yeah, I, I loved those battles when it was like, you know, 300 to 50 or something like that. And then you'd end up being like the last guy and you'd still win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, the multiplayer in that's pretty fun too. We should do that sometime. Yeah. That'd be fun. Um, also like not to go on too many tangents here, but, uh, the new mountain blade uh, called Viking conquest. It came out like last year, mm-hmm. maybe two years ago. Uh, it's really good. Uh, really? It takes place in England and like Northern Europe. Yeah, dude. And, uh, Holy cow. The map is enormous. Like the, sto- like there's a kind of like a main quest that is truly epic. Like, and it culminates with you being locked in this, hall like this lord's hall while he bars the doors and burns it down <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> and uh you and your like 20 hand selected troops have to like break out and then fight all the people that are <clears throat> like trying to keep you in <laughs> dude it's dude, really badass that's really it cool. felt truly epic yeah i um, love like viking themed stuff anyway so like I oh remember- yeah <laughs> when i uh the first, like, uh, the very first medieval Total War game was, like, the first Total War game I had played. And I bought it uh, with the expansion pack. I think it was, like, the Viking expansion pack or something. And, uh, like, I had played all of Europe or whatever, but when I when I just did the Viking expansion and only did, like, uh, the UK, basically, like, that was so much more fun. I don't, I don't know what it was about it, but I... Even like uh, uh, me and some of my buddies play Europa Universalis as well, and like yeah. the times when I've played like the Welsh or like Scotland or something, like something about having this small like contained island, um, yeah, or a series of islands is like really fun to try and like conquer that whole thing. Um, yeah, that's true. But, I always uh, I haven't played much Europa Universalis, but there are Vikings in. Uh crusader kings which oh, okay is, yeah uh, kind of like it which well yeah it's like actually like i don't know i hate to say that they're the same game but it's crusader kings 2 you can continue your save file into europa universalis <laughs> yeah. 4 well i which think is i think super the fun. the engine or whatever is like really similar kind of yeah the they're same. just different time periods um, is all i yeah. think the games are almost identical uh, well, like, aside from like theme and stuff like that, the gameplay is different though, because like in Europa Universalis, it's much more like zoomed out as far as like you're focused more on like one country. You do have like people you can kind of, you know, play as. I guess like you have heirs and stuff that you can like look at their stats, but you're not like actually controlling like individual people and like you know, dealing with the relations there. It's more like country to country kind of a thing. Oh, um, dang. Dude, that's but, the one th- cool thing about Crusader Kings is like, 
it feels almost like kind of a spiritual success. Like that's why I like Warband in the same way. Like, and and people who listen to the podcast hear me talk about it all the time. But like my favorite game, as like coming into being a teenager, <clears throat> was this game called Romance of the Three Kingdoms Eight, and it's very specific. Number eight <laughs> is probably the best one. <laughs> and it's such a really awesome game. And Taylor, I think we should find some time to play this together because you'll see a lot of what I'm talking about for our game that we're making. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things. Um, and the multiplayer is actually pretty fun, but it's all... Anyway, it's all about you play as a quote-unquote like officer or like a vassal, I guess, mm-hmm. and you forge relationships with these lords or with these other um, officers, basically. Mm-hmm. And then you might get like sucked into battles and your character becomes more battle oriented or you get sucked into like the political intrigue and like forging relationships. So playing Warband, which kind of has similar aspects to that, except you're it's actually like an action game, not an RPG, was always kind of fun. Um but then even more so, like when I found Crusader Kings two, like Crusader Kings two really hits on all of that because yeah. it's it's but it's like political intrigue to the max, dude. It's so fun. yeah, for real. Yeah, um, I've played it a little bit, but I've definitely played Europa Universalis like a lot more. But yeah, um, well, we should play some Crusader Kings as well, dude. Oh, yeah, we God, should. I'd, love to I, play I'd be down. That. Plus, dude, like, there's so many mods for that game. Like, oh, I, know. I know they they know. have like a what is it, uh, like Game of Thrones uh, that you could play, and I'm sure they have like Lord of the Rings, but. Yeah, they do. Uh, uh, you know they have uh, you know they have mods for Warband as well, like really good ones. There's Lord really? of the Rings mods. I have a Star oh, Wars cool. one that's like really fun. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, um, yeah. But anyways, we digress. Um, this this yeah. week was kind of uh, really centered around um, I think just exposing ourselves to a little bit more game development yeah. stuff, you know, and that meant yeah. playing a little bit more games, like watching more videos. Yeah. Well, it was fun going back to Risk of Rain. It was fun playing that game and like using it as kind of I don't know, like a study case like almost. A, yeah. Um cuz like as we're playing, I found myself kind of getting distracted by like the art and different things like the that. Music like is really good. The music is so good in that game. Um but it it was really like inspirational. Like I died a lot, so oftentimes I sat there like watching Rhett play. Um, but as he was doing that, I was like looking up stuff on on like Wikipedia and stuff. And that game was made by uh, two college kids. They were like sophomores at the University of Washington, and they started making it. I think they have a four man team now, but uh, it just started off as like a student project. Um, and it's cool, like. I don't know. I have maybe I have a skewed perception of like what Game Maker is, but they made that game in Game Maker. My my right. perception of Game Maker was kind of like, you know, it's an engine, but it's not like I don't know as quality maybe as some of the other ones. But like looking right. at that game, it's like, dang, this is awesome. Um, and the fact that it was made by two sophomores in college <laughs> is pretty cool. Um, so it felt really inspirational. I also like looking at the artwork. Um, really feel like we could make something like that. Um, yeah, for sure. The, I mean, the game is really beautiful and it plays really well. And it reminds me, it's like very reminiscent of like these old arcade games. You know, like I play it, I think about Mega Man a lot. Yeah. Um, which Mega Man was like impossible and it still is. And I hate you, Capcom. Um, <laughs> 
And it reminded me of, I don't know, a lot of stuff. But you like uh, you figure out the tips and tricks, and and you get all this stuff. And that's what's fun about it is because like the game punishes you, but when you figure yeah. out the ins and outs, it becomes easier. And today yeah. that's today that's what it was for me. You know, it's just like I had played it. It's kind of fresh in my mind, fresh in my fingertips. You know, and so I I wanted to like see if I could unlock any more characters today because I was playing with Taylor yesterday and he unlocked a dude and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I somehow uh, I unlocked unlock somebody and I died like way more than Rhett. Like he totally <laughs> carried the team and I unlocked more characters than he did. <laughs> so I, I played today and I'm excited to play again because after that playthrough where I won, I unlocked more ca- I've unlocked four characters today. Dang. I have six total. Um and that's fun. Like that type of stuff is like really fun and keeps the game fresh because each character mm-hmm. is like really different in their play style. And, and it um, like it makes you really want to keep playing so that you can unlock them so that you can have different play styles, you know? Right. So And one of the things I really enjoyed today is that everything is like very thematic. Like it sticks to theme. Like I was reading the uh, item log and uh and I realized that like so there's like flavor text and all this stuff for each of the items. And I realized it's because, like, you're on board a ship that crashes on this planet, and you have to survive and then get to the ship to, like, get back, basically, uh, leave the planet. And all of the flavor text is, like, all of the items that you pick up are, like, items that were on board the ship, like, being delivered, basically, like, the postal service or something. Oh. <laughs> so I, I thought that that was, like, really cool. I was like, oh, what a really neat idea. And all the flavor text is, like, kind of in line with that and funny and it tells you like how it was shipped and like where it originated from yeah well so, i thought it was really bad. funny when uh when i kept dying it was like sucks to suck you know like and that was hovering <laughs> over my corpse the whole time or like uh <laughs> yeah something like you're dead, you're dead. yeah <laughs> yeah you did <laughs> yeah t-e-d yeah there's a lot of funny ones yeah 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 that um, was a lot of I'm fun really glad we did that me too. I want to keep doing that. And also, it was fun to stream, even if it was just you and I watching. You, uh, you, me, and te- uh, Tom. <laughs> instant Ramen was there, dude. Oh, yeah, Instant Ramen. Shout out to Instant Ramen. Come join us, man. Yeah. Um, All right, well, uh, getting back to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, real quick. Um, um, let's touch on our, our last week's goals really quick, and we'll jump into everything else. So yeah. uh, last week, Taylor had a goal of uh, 15 minutes of like journal writing. Uh, how'd you do? Um, I succeeded one of seven days. <laughs> uh, but it was good. A total failure. It was not, not a <laughs> complete failure. I um, On my lunch break at work one day, I like whipped out my phone and uh, just was... It's probably better to write in a journal or whatever but i just used my phone and it was uh it was pretty fun like i surprised myself um you know i felt like i had kind of a cool little story going uh nice that i wrote within like you know obviously like 15 minutes um and it made me feel a little better about my skills although i i i find myself and this happens a lot like when i do try to write a story i find myself really excited about an idea um and like i can always start it in a way that i feel like is cool but then it's like the details um and and finishing you know like oh yeah and i think that that's maybe just how my brain works oftentimes is that i like the 
the grand scale like overview of things um as opposed to like the minute details um and so like i have this like cool idea like my idea this time was kind of like um uh, kind of like japanese themed um since we're going to japan um but like this kid like walks into his house uh it's kind of like feudal era he walks into his house like everyone's gone he sees like the fire pit like still kind of smoking or whatever and he like doesn't know what happened and like near his house there's like a forest um and he somehow is like called into the forest to like uh basically find his family and like everyone in his city uh there's like some sort of like force in the forest that he needs to like reckon with basically was mm-hmm. like the the general idea um but uh yeah so i don't know i it was fun doing that i would like to maybe do it more often i just it's one of those things where i kind of forget if i don't yeah. have it active on my mind so yeah for sure yeah well it sounds like you had a cool idea and I yeah. think that that's a lot more common than you think. Like, I'm the same way. Like, I get these... I literally... Ever since I started writing my own stories, like, in middle school, or even before... Um, sorry, my cat is like... <laughs> I, I know. She's uh, literally... Like, I'm gonna kill her. I'm gonna kill her. Everybody <laughs> listening is like, don't kill her. Uh, I know how you, you feel, to death, Luna. I, I, My cat, like, wakes me up multiple times a night and i end up like sleeping on an air mattress in our office because <laughs> he's just like a demon dude he'll like go under the bed and play like jungle gym or like scratch the side of the bed and like wake me up or just meow or jump on me until i get up and it's like 4 a.m he's like i get up i go take a drink of water and the his food dish is right there he's like i just wanted to eat and have you watch me <laughs> <laughs> why don't you uh keep him out of your room um we've tried lots of stuff like so our room has like carpet um going underneath the door from the living room to our bedroom and Mm -hmm. uh like he's first we just shut him out and then he like scratched up the carpet uh and then or he tried to so we like put stuff over it and then he started scratching on the door so then we put like this whole fortress in front of our door, basically like boxes and like, pillows and stuff. And he still somehow he like climbs up this fortress. And then he's like at shoulder level with like me, probably like scratching on the door <laughs> and I'm a light sleeper. So it's like everything we've tried. The only yeah. thing that the only thing that's worked is me going into the office or like shutting him in the bathroom. But like if I did that every night, he'd be in there like the whole night and I don't know. Allie doesn't really like that, so yeah. Um, I don't know. If you feel kind of mean, like locking them in there, everyone's yeah. like, Sometimes "Oh, they... just put them in a kennel or whatever." I don't know. He'd probably learn his right. lesson if I did that, but <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I always feel bad too because it's like you know you just want him to like have room and do all the stuff. I I found that sometimes putting Luna in a uh, in the bathroom when she's like acting crazy, um. She kind of like decompresses a little bit in there. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Um, she likes going in there anyways. Drinking um, out of the shower. <laughs> what? What? I said drinking out of the shower. Since right, exactly. Do that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why Otsu does that all the time. It's stupid. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. But uh, she, I'll put her in there and she'll, you know, for like 10 minutes or whatever, and she'll like decompress. It's like a little timeout. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know how we got here, but I, uh, your cat was meowing. But uh, I was saying about story ideas. Like for me, ever since I've been writing, it's always like um, I always see it like a movie scene in my head. You know, I'm like, oh, cool. Like I can see the images and all this stuff, and I have nothing except that scene, and that's what I'll start like writing from. And I realized very quickly, it's like once I'm done with the scene that was in my head, I get really bored like really quick. I'm like, ah, never mind. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so I have like, I have like hundreds of files of like one paragraph or like (laughs) a couple pages or like even just like one sentence in many cases. Yeah. But if I go back and like dedicate craft to it, then I can actually like get something out of it, which is like how a lot of my like bigger not necessarily more successful because no success has flowed from them, but more successful in the sense that they actually equate to something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how some of my more like successful like stories have started, like just from like one liners or like a character that I invented like years ago in high school or something, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm I think I... I'll give you a different challenge this week, but uh, I, I would invite you to, uh, continue with it. And I don't yeah. know, I don't know, uh, do you carry like a bag to work or anything like that? Yeah, or, I have a like backpack just... and stuff. I do bring like uh, a notebook with me, but I never use it. Like my intention Well, if you're in- that... into your phone, if you're into your phone, dude, I carry a Bluetooth keyboard with me to work. Oh, that's smart. Um, and I have a little one that I bought at like a office supply store. It was like on sale for like 10 bucks. Yeah. Um, and it's really useful. Like I can, it actually like syncs with, I, I thought it would only be good for iOS or Android, but it syncs with my Raspberry Pi. So I use it oh, for that's that. Cool. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Um, if you have like, cause I use Bluetooth headset. Uh, uh-huh. if you have your headset synced or like hooked up to Bluetooth, can you not do your keyboard and vice versa? Or can you do two at once? No idea. Oh. I've never tried. Yeah. Um, I bet you some phones have like multiple syncing compatibility yeah. um but i'm currently on a really ass backwards phone so <laughs> um i wouldn't try it on mine um anyways doesn't really matter but yeah just, but uh, i find that that uh has uh, been useful in some situations so that's cool. i'd take a look at that yeah um it's a good idea my challenge was create a pixel art character and animate if possible well i didn't create a pixel art character um, but I did create some pixel art and it's freaking awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, I don't think it's the best, but, um, I think it's, it turned out okay. The way it, so Rhett made this like spaceship kind of thing. And, uh, the way that you use the different colors and the use of the lighting was really good, man. Especially, thanks. I mean, I don't know how much pixel art you've done. Obviously I, I haven't, haven't done very much, but for this is it. This is it. All right. See, for like your first time doing it, it looks like it could be in a game. Oh, well, thank you. So um, that's really promising. I ended up. Yeah, I want. I, can't, I wanted to go back and finish that because it's not necessarily done from what I had in my mind, but it's not. <clears throat> it doesn't. Uh, when you actually look at it, it's kind of small. I should figure out how to like size it. How you did. Um, well, remember that trick you showed me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Rhett and I, uh, one day this week, we're looking at Pixel Edit. And, like, I had messed up. Um, I made, like, our Twitter banner a while back. And every time I'd been exporting these uh, images from Pixel Edit, I was resizing the tiles. Um, 
like you choose resize tiles and then it's like gives you an option to oh, what does it say anyways i was making the canvas like way bigger and what would happen what would happen is if i wanted to edit it i'd have to go back in and make it smaller but if you make it super big and then go down to being small sometimes it would like blur the stuff and it'd like completely mess it up so Rhett showed me we were like messing around and Rhett showed me if you go into export image uh there's an option to like change the actual actual size of each pixel which is cool so don't have to do that anymore did you use pixel edit when you were doing that yeah nice so yeah you just have yeah. to do what i did there and export with like bigger pixel size yeah i should do that um but if i do that then you'll see how stupid it really looks yeah um, right dude <laughs> There's a couple like little bits of it that I'm kind of proud of, but um, I wanted to go back and flesh it out a little bit and add some stuff and maybe change it because it doesn't look how I wanted it, but it looks okay. I was actually kind of impressed with how it turned out for like, I mean, I did everything like literally just like pixel by pixel, line by line, you know? Yeah, that's how you do it, dude. <laughs> so, did, Have you had a chance to watch any of 8-Bits tutorials? No. Because, again, dude, I've been watching one every every day at lunch, and they're so helpful. Like, it's really... Yeah, I might have to do that. It's really cool. Like, he starts really basic. You know, he does a 16 by 16 grid, and he shows you, like, how to... You know, just basic stuff at first. Like, oh, here's a coin. Here's a heart. Here's a potion. He talks about different styles. And then, like, the ones where I'm at, like... The ones I watched this week, one that was really helpful was he showed how to make like a grid system. Like imagine like a 2D platformer and like, you know, Minecraft or something, how they have like different blocks, like grass or whatever. He like makes those and then he just in pixel edit, he just makes like this whole level with it, you know, like oh, dirt, cool. dirt blocks. He, he uh, shows this really cool trick to make it so that um any way like any number of like blocks you make will match up properly so like it doesn't look like the two or all the edges are like clearly edges and what he did was he like broke the the uh, block that he made into quadrants and then he like flipped each of the quadrants uh diagonally so like hmm. you know if you have like the top left quadrant it'll switch the with the right. bottom right and vice versa and what that did was um then when he like copied and pasted all these blocks it looks really fluid it was cool that is cool really clever idea yeah so like i said before like he just has these really little gems like tips that'll help you out um, i'll have to check that out now that I've like got my toes in there, I, I was excited to do more. I just never quite found the time. Yeah, yeah, you definitely should. I, I'm really enjoying him. He doesn't have that many videos, but like watching him work is amazing. And actually, yeah. one of my favorite things that happened this last week was I posted one of my uh, pixel art guys that I made, and I tagged Akebit in it. And he like, I was telling you this yesterday. It makes me feel like such a fanboy or something, but. I was so excited because he like responded. He was like, "Good work, dude," or something. And then he uh, he retweeted that tweet, and then like six other people like they liked it, and then retweeted it. It was pretty awesome. Dude, so, you have like almost twenty likes on that picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I feel it more, makes me feel good about than, myself. More than just six, bro. Well, whatever. <laughs> but uh, so that was fun. Well, good. Um, uh, I think this is uh, like one of the first uh, challenges in a long time that um, I've completed and you haven't. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's honestly because it wasn't code related. <laughs> You're like, oh no, well, code. Well, it was easy to just sit and like I had TV on, you know, like a show or something. And I just did it like while I was had a show on in the background. So it was like yeah. easy for me to do that. Like yeah. code, I have to pay attention, you know. Right. Um, yeah, this week I found myself. So I mentioned before that um, one of my goals just in general is to push code to github every day and i started to become a little bit more relaxed on that and kind of my goal now i guess i still want to push code to github like several times a week at least but also just uh any work on anything related to game development every day and so yeah. I, I found myself um not having a ton of time this week for things and um well other than when i was working with you but i ended up just like drawing a lot more which is fun. That's cool. Um, and that's, I feel like, really helpful. Um, well, it's just inspirational, too. Yeah. You know, and you just keep the juices flowing. I yeah. feel like the more you, the more that one exercises their, like, creative muscles, like, the more um, likely they'll be able to, like, use them when they want rather than, like, when it just, like, happens. So. Yeah. Yeah, I did... Uh, we were talking before. I forget the name of that website you showed me, um, but I did Drawbox. Oh yeah, I did the the Drawbox challenge or whatever, where I was just drawing boxes. Yeah, <laughs> it was harder than I thought it was. I'm like trying to think about. I know, dude. I'm like thinking about perspective. I'm like, all these boxes look exactly the same. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, trying to <laughs> yeah, figure dude. out how it, how it, one box like rotated a certain way would look compared to another one. I realized that I know. it was hard to think about without <laughs> looking at things. It's yeah. kind of dumb. I know, dude. I but... showed, I showed, I was like showing somebody else like my boxes in space sketch that I like, you know, because that's just like one of the ones I did and posted it up on our Google Drive. And I like posted it up and somebody was like, so? I was like, dude, it's kind of tough. Like, <laughs> I mean, I had a lot of fun just like drawing boxes anyway, and none of them like look that great, but it's like really good practice for perspective and. And uh, just keeping things like looking nice and yeah. I mean, I yeah. drew a lot of boxes on mine. <laughs> yeah, I tried to draw draw quite a few, but it's good if you don't know what to draw just to do. You know. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. It's kind of like you know how people talk about like the adult coloring books are like really therapeutic. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like this is the same way because you just sit with a paper in front of you. I always do it like while watching a show or getting caught up on something. And I sit there just at my coffee table on the floor where I always sit, where I'm currently sitting, <laughs> um, and uh, just draw some boxes, you know? And you try different techniques. Like, I used to always start my boxes by, like, drawing a square or, like, some sort of, like, uh, you know, uh, four-sided um, Yeah, like a shape. diamond or something. Yeah. And uh, I, I realized that, like, I actually had, like, pretty decent luck with starting with, like, three lines. Uh, three parallel lines yeah and i connect like the face of the box to them and do all that sort of stuff and i don't know i have a few like different techniques for box drawing now that i actually cool. kind of enjoy so yeah i remember that as a um, kid in like middle school or whatever like 
we had to draw something or whatever and people like showed you how to draw the box and i feel Mm -hmm. like i've used that same technique ever since like sixth grade (laughs) same here you know um yeah it's really hard for me to like draw boxes any other way because i just have that like see-through cube technique they taught you in elementary school like in my mind you know right um anybody who's interested uh we talked about it before but the thing we're talking about uh, it kind of started on uh, uh r slash art fundamentals on reddit uh which is a subreddit that is kind of like run by this guy who wanted to like show people how to create a good foundation for drawing and doing all this stuff and he has a lot of tutorials on there but they all link back to uh his website which is drawabox.com and um and he has like all of his lessons on there and some really valuable things including a lot of material on like proper drawing technique like with your shoulder and not your wrist or anything like oh my god dude my cat's just going ape shit it's really irritating <laughs> um yeah okay and um yeah dude. <laughs> I'm just like gonna murder her it's like i don't know what she wants she's not like by her food bowl she's not by anything she's literally just running around meowing she probably just wants you to like pay attention to her that's what my dude does. i've tried i've tried to like put her in my lap tried to do all this stuff yeah we opened up the door for her to go in the bedroom bailey ended up kicking her out like really <laughs> quick because she's just acting crazy my cat's always like play with me play with me and then i go to play with it, him and he just sits there and looks at me like what are you looking at and then I'm like, well, fine. You don't want to play. I won't play with you. And I go back to doing what I was doing. And then he's like, play with me. Play with me. <laughs> uh, Normally she uh, sleeps in the in the morning. She hasn't slept once today. Dang. Or this morning at all. Like she hasn't laid down at all. Uh, She's just like running around and jumping on things. She almost knocked over her cat tree right now. <laughs> that is the nice thing. I know you live in a small house, like, so you can't help it. But that's one nice thing. Like, my office is kind of like my secluded little peace zone where I can, like, just close the door and, like, this is my space, you know? Yeah. Uh, We used to do that, too, when I had an office, but um, now my office is my coffee table in my living room because (laughs) it's the only other room in my house. Yeah. In my bedroom. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Anyways. um, Sorry, but drawbox.com. Check it out. It's really cool. It's got a lot of practice things on there. Yeah. Yeah, they have some, um, some pretty cool stuff like helping you draw animals and different different things like that too, which I'm excited yeah. to look at. Um, um, before we hit uh, other resources and stuff that we discovered, let's uh, just talk about our code. Yeah. Because um, we got a lot of fun stuff done this week. Um, yesterday we put in like a kind of a marathon session for us anyways. Dude, I looked at um, the our conversation length when we finished. And I don't know if that included Risk of Rain. Um, and we had disconnected at least once, but, uh, it was at like five and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we started, uh, like when I got back, uh, like four, th- like four thirty was when you were done spending time with your wife and, um, or somewhere around there. And then we worked until like 10. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, um, <clears throat> so we got a lot of work done and, uh, I don't know what we talked about last week off the top of my head. I should look. It's right here, I guess. Um, well, we... we um, but we put a cap on our intro, uh, the introduction to the game, I think. There's yeah. There's a couple things, like snags we ran into that we'll get into in a second. But 
for the most part, like we kind of set a goal yesterday. It's like, let's just wrap up this intro tutorial thing that we have, which includes some ASCII art, which includes some dialogue, which includes uh, some uh, other options, and also a fight. Um, yeah, that was and... that was the most exciting part, I feel like, was uh, we kind of ironed out some more of the fight mechanics like we realized after because basically you get into this fight like your first fight of the game and if we talked about it before i apologize but uh basically it's kind of like a rock paper scissors type battle but you pick a stat like speed strength defense and each one of those like will beat one of the other stats basically so kind of like rock paper scissors and we realized that um we had some bugs in that fighting mechanic where like, you know, if I picked strength and they picked defense, well, uh, strength beats defense, but then it would always just give the same exact attack amount. Like, let's say I have stat of 12, it would give 12, but sometimes we, we had the actual damage it did mixed up, uh, with like, which, which player's stat it was. And so yeah. it wouldn't always like subtract. It would say like, "Oh, we, uh, we, you know, player hits Smile and Donnie for twelve damage," and then it would only take off like three or something. Like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we fixed that bug, which was nice. But then the other really cool thing um, that I'm excited about that makes it feel like a real game, I think, is that we kind of developed this HUD system where we have like a stat bar across the top that shows the player's stats, you know, speed, strength, defense, health, gold, action points. Um, I think that's it. Um, yeah. Then there's kind of like this, um, we call it, I think we call it the game display, kind of a section in the middle of the screen that is always for what's happening in the game itself. So like when there's dialogue, it goes down through there. Uh, and then we have this kind of like player option, uh, section at the very bottom where the player is presented with different options so like in the fight scene they're given the option of choosing a strength attack a speed attack or a defense attack which kind of doesn't make sense but uh that is one of the options and then we we built like this really cool um like just constant fight screen kind of in the game uh display area where it shows like the two heroes that are fighting each other, their health, and then whatever they picked for their type of attack. You know, uh, Smile and Donnie picked strength, player picked speed, whatever, and then who gave damage to whom, I guess. Whom? I don't know right. how to use that right. Um, but it really, um, to me, made it feel like a real game. Which, yeah, and it looks cool. And it looks cool. Um, so I was excited about that. Um, it, <laughs> we're realizing, um, and I kind of thought it'd be like this a little bit, that the console, uh, like just a C-sharp C console application, is pretty limited in what you can do. And it makes you um, kind of have to do things in a particular way. Like whenever we wanted to draw certain things to a certain place you have to set the position of the, yeah. the cursor basically uh, console dot set cursor position and then you feed it a left uh, value so like basically an x and a y in the console and uh, so we had to kind of 
at certain times we hard-coded values in because we always want them to be in that place. Other times it's a little bit more dynamic. Like one of the things we did was um, depending on what the player's name is, the position of where it starts uh, to print the player's name in the fight scene uh, is dependent on their player, the length of their name. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense to me. I would hope it makes sense to somebody else. <laughs> but it's little things like that that make it kind of challenging to use the console. Um, but I've also learned a lot about the console, which I feel like is pretty cool. Um, one of the things I think Rhett was going to mention was, and I think this kind of like killed us last night, was yeah. uh, like towards the end. We were we like, spent like more than an hour on it. Yeah. <laughs> We, uh, Rhett was like, well, we noticed that every time the fight happened, it would always show the player name as being no name, because that was like our default name for the player. But we didn't ever actually prompt the player for their name. So we set up this way for them to input their name, but we only wanted it to be, I think, 10 characters long. And uh, we wanted it to be where they could like enter the name on a line and if it hit that 10 character cap it wouldn't let them type anymore and then they could like you know backspace out and try again or you know whatever but the way that the console works is kind of odd like (laughs) (laughs) in order to do it kind of in that real time kind of way um, at least the way that we're currently thinking about it is that you have to we, we wrote a while loop, basically, that um, takes a, a character in, like we do a console.readkey.keychar, uh, dot keychar, I think. And so each time they enter a character, it checks to see if um, the count of characters is less than the maximum number of characters allotted for a name. And... Uh, then it also checks to see if there's like a if they've hit like a backspace key or something, but like some of the problems we had were like if it hit that max character length, then it would just stop, and they have to hit enter to to continue on. So it would just stop, and then they couldn't hit backspace to continue further. That was one bug we hit. Another one was like if you started off and they hit the backspace key like as their first character it would start like moving the cursor back like into the line that like prompted you to choose a name. And then if they started typing again, it would start like overwriting that uh, text. (laughs) Um, And God, we spent like, we spent like an hour on it and we tried like, at least dude, like so many different ways of fixing it and just couldn't do it. I bet you it was almost like 90 minutes to two hours because we took a break in between for me to go grab food. And then we were then we worked out for like another hour after that. Yeah. Um, so right now we have a little bit less cool way of doing it, which is basically like they enter in their name, and then it checks to see if the name is less than like the maximum length of a name, and if it's greater than that, it just says like please enter a name that's like ten less than eleven characters or whatever, and it just continues to do that until they do that. But it's not as cool. We wanted no. it to feel kind of like real timey, 
you know? Yeah. Um, we, you know, I was singing this last night too, after we were done, I was like, you know, another option would have just been to like give the character a nickname mm-hmm. like true. they do in so many other games, you know, like in KOTOR, like they almost never refer to you by your name. Yeah. You know, they call you, uh, um, I don't know what they call you in KOTOR 1, but in KOTOR 2, they call you Exile all the time. Oh, they true. just call you Exile. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Um, and they do that in like every game. That, a lot of games that have voice acting, they just like give you a nickname so that whatever you enter in is your name. It can appear written down, but then, you know, so I don't know. It's different because it's voice acting and stuff, but still. Yeah. And you just give them a nickname like Pooper scooper <laughs> which is probably greater than 10 <laughs> characters Brett. fine fuck face then <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so anyways that was kind of our our journey this week it felt really good to uh to get the kind of like hud or whatever you want to call it yeah out. we have a really cool like layout for the battle screen and everything that was it's pretty cool we're pretty excited about it we posted a picture of it on our twitter so go and check that out if you're interested uh you'll be a little underwhelmed if you haven't understood that we've been talking about a console application this whole time (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um it's been a lot of fun and it's been a lot of fun really kind of fleshing out the beginning of this and it's you know it's a playable like first couple minutes of the game Mm -hmm. uh which is really exciting um, so I think yeah. next time we get together, we're going to look at uh, taking the first steps towards creating the actual game loop itself that's going to control uh, gameplay. It's going to control the whole thing, basically. So I'm really excited about that, pa- basically just creating the skeleton for us to go in and create the rest of the game. Yeah. So um, hopefully we weren't over-ambitious. <laughs> uh, I think... The, the name thing proved that we are. Um, but, you know, I think it's pretty good that we've put so many hours into this, and that's like the first real snag that we've had to completely override an idea that we had. You yeah. know what I mean? And it was a simple idea, which kind of is a real bummer, but um, it should feel pretty good that we've put in so much work and yeah. not hit a brick wall and had to like strip something out totally yet. So, right. Yeah. Pretty um, much whenever we're hitting a wall, it's kind of like, well, you know, maybe we should just delete this code and like write it this way instead. And then we just do that and it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for getting into the game loop, um, allowing the character to have more freedom as to like where they're going you know, do they want to go to the market? Do they want to go to the tavern, the arena, whatever? And then, you know, fleshing out the gameplay for each of those areas, I think will be pretty fun. Yeah. So, um, also one thing uh, we did this week, which kind of ties into one of Rhett's goals a long time ago was we, uh, we spent a while having Rhett do some coding. Oh yeah, we that did. was that was like one of the first things we did this this last week. I think we maybe did it on Sunday. We did it twice this week. Did we do it twice this week? Um, well, I don't know. You had me create like two different loops. That's true. At some point, yeah, Rhett created. So we have this little divider that uh, in in our actual game that sh- that shows up oh, underneath yeah. the stat bar and also between the game display and like the player choice area, and. Uh, so I challenged Rhett to write the 
the code for that. And it's a, it's a loop basically that uh, prints out equals symbols like over and over and over until the it reaches like the width of the, the game window. But it alternates the color of, uh, of the equal symbol. And uh, I think yeah. it looks really cool. I didn't. I thought like, we would do like red and blue or something, but Rhett chose like gray and dark gray, and I think that looks <laughs> way more awesome. <laughs> yeah, it looks dope, dude. Yeah. So. Um, looks really cool and clean. So. Yeah, exactly. But uh, it was pretty cool. Um, like having you drive, I feel like you learned a learned a bunch. Yeah, I gotta I gotta keep up with it. It yeah. was a lot of fun because you know the first time, uh, we just did it in a different session and it was fun. You know, did some loops and stuff like that. And then the next time we were in the middle of our session for our game, and you're like, "Here you go, do that." I I had like said something stupid to you, like "Do this." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, "Make a rainbow border." You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah, we could do that with a loop." And I was like, could just sense it coming. I was like, oh no. <laughs> and you're like, that's a good challenge for you, Rhett. <laughs> you're like, you just learned this the other day. Uh, here you go. Go ahead and do it. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> but you did. You uh, it it took a little bit of went a lot quicker finagling, but yeah, you were much time. faster. Um, yeah. I think you understand like the the structure of a for loop pretty thoroughly now. So. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Um, and it excited me to, I don't know, like refresh up a little bit, do some more on my own. I uh, just screwed around a little bit with, following some RB Whitaker tutorial, but I didn't really do anything substantive. But um, yeah, it's okay. It's just a matter so, yeah. of doing it, really. Yeah. Yeah, I really ought to put more time in behind the keyboard, actually. Yeah, man. Do it. <laughs> it's kind of like, like reading the driver's manual versus actually driving. You know? Right, exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, well, yeah. What's, um, what else? Uh, we talked. That caps up on our code. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good week for coding. I want to yeah. get more into it. And actually, um, Me too. I felt kind of bad spending so much time on that, like an hour trying to get the name thing figured out. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you if you would mind if I just kind of like worked on that on my own for a little bit, see if I can get it working. Yeah, knock yourself out. Okay. Um, and don't worry about spending so much time on it. Yeah. Like, I wanted it to be that way, too. Um, you know, I mean, shoot, I spent half the time we were working on it, you know, like, trying to Google the problem, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, didn't find anything that worked. I mean, yeah. I will I'm say glad I you're think interested it was in it valuable, because it's a feature. Though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because like, um, that's something like... Just in I mean, finding the limitations of something like the tool you're using is just as important as learning how to use it. I mean, it's just another facet of it that you need to learn. Yeah, because you'd be like sending me links and you're like, I'm not really sure if this is good or if this would work. Um, but what do you think? And you'd send it to me and it was like, oh, that's a good idea. Or, oh, that's actually using like not the console. So it won't work for yeah. us. But I think now like... Except you, I think the exact way you said it was you're an idiot <laughs> whatever dude <laughs> <laughs> just kidding <laughs> uh, anyways um hey talk a little bit about the uh game developers conference episode you watched oh shoot i forgot that, all about it yeah that was something really cool that you explained to me we were uh while we were playing risk of rain we were talking about um 
like uh, rogue, level roguelike games stuff. and like yeah procedurally designed game uh, levels. Um, yeah, and Rhett that's watching when you were kind of like telling. Hmm? What? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Rhett. Take the floor. Uh, yeah, you were telling me about like the eight bit tutorial about the grid system and all, making levels and all that sort of stuff. And we were playing Risk of Rain, so it was like really fresh in our minds. And um, I'd been going through some game developers conferences just kind of in the background. And one of the ones that came up was uh, was from a developer who created a game called Galaxy. Um, yeah, Galaxy Forever. And it's kind of like a space shooter, kind of like in the same vein as like Asteroids and like stuff like that. But uh, one of the things that uh, he did was he created a bunch of dungeons that were created like very very organically and he went in it goes into it very early it's only like a 20 minute episode so i highly encourage you to watch it um but uh he talks about how he they came up with this idea to create organic dungeons and he talked a little bit about john conway's game of life which if you don't know just google it i'm not going to explain it too much um and how they thought it was cool that like using this set of rules, like you can create this algorithm that, you know, propagates itself across your screen or your game field, basically. And they thought, well, this is kind of meant to like emulate life in a sense. Like what if we just tweak the parameters in which live cells propagate and, um, and we can use it to create levels. And so they, changed the rules a little bit from John Conway's Game of Life and um, basically they would create their grid and they would propagate it they would seed it rather with roughly 50% live cells 50% dead cells basically 50% cells that are filled 50% cells that are empty and following the rules of their little game that they created their their own version of John Way, John Conway's Game of Life the cells would move and within a very short amount of turns the cells would have moved into such a way that the empty cells basically create a dungeon basically create like the inside of a cave that you might explore in one of their games or the inside of some boss's castle or something and the live cells, which are the black in John Conway, John Conway's Game of Life, they would have like moved kind of to the sides, created little islands and stuff. And that's the impassable terrain. That's the barriers that the level um, would have. The walls of the cave, if you would. Um, and I thought that was amazing. The way that they seed the screen, the way that they created these rules... Um, for it to basically design itself. And that's how they created these procedurally generated dungeons in their game, so that every time you play, it's slightly different. You know, same tile set, same texture pack, but different level altogether, basically. And uh, that just, like, blew my mind. Because the things that they were coming up with were very organic. It looked like real caves. Like, they looked like, you know, a, a, a cave map you'd go buy in a Dungeons & Dragons pack, you know, to take to your players so they can move their miniatures down. And uh, I know Taylor got a chance to look at it, but, like, what were your thoughts on that? I mean, uh, I mean, I know you didn't get a big chance to look at it, I mean. Yeah. Um, well, you explained it to me, and then I watched, like, you know, a 
minute or two chunk of the video. Um, and I, yeah. I have experience. I think we'll just post a link for people to watch. Yeah, we definitely should. We should also um, get the Wikipedia page up for uh, Game of Life, because. Like, oh right. Uh, one of one of the most challenging things I ever did starting programming was um, I took a class. Uh, it was like the second introductory class to programming uh, in college, and we had to program Conway's Game of Life, and. I struggled like really hard with with creating that. It was re- really hard to program without having a lot of knowledge about uh, you know C++ or whatever you're pro- programming in. Um, so if you are trying to learn programming, like that's a really good challenge to to do. In fact, when I transitioned from C++ to C# sharp, I failed so bad at it. Uh, in that class I took that I ended up the first project I ever did in C sharp was I programmed Conway's game of life. And, uh, right. once I hit that dude, I felt like I felt much more confident about my abilities to program. Um, and basically like Rhett said, it's just kind of like sort of a randomized like environment basically. And then each cell is either alive or dead. And there are laws governing whether or not, in the next like phase iteration iteration those cells stay alive or you know die or come to life kind of a thing and uh like if you have that algorithm made out basically for game of life um it wouldn't be that much harder to just play with the parameters like you're saying yeah and so i had i hadn't really thought of doing something like level design with that but it's a really cool idea. Um, I mean, obviously, as I was programming, I made a lot of mistakes that made it do interesting things that, that didn't look like you would expect the game of life to look. But I right. hadn't like kind of pieced it together that this could be useful, you know, for other things. So I thought it was like really cool. And the way that they like iterate through for the, the level design I mean, like you have like your initial generation and then it kind of like fixes itself so that the cave system uh, makes more sense, you know? And then once it, yeah, once it's like, okay, this is it, it actually looks like a legit cave system or whatever. Oh yeah. It's really cool. The cool thing about that. really clever. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, But the cool thing about that is like when I think of procedurally generated levels it's it sounds really overwhelming but if you look at it like through the scope or through the lens of like this is basically conway's game of life with tweak rules with tweak rules like it it seems less daunting well Um, that's what i like and honestly i'll i'll be the first to admit this is the first time i've ever had someone explain to me be it in a podcast or youtube or whatever how they've created randomized levels for their game. Uh, you know, it's like, obviously, like, playing Minecraft, you can kind of, like, understand. It's like, okay, well, you can choose a seed, and, like, based off that seed, like, here's kind of, like, a randomized thing based off that or whatever, you know? It's like Minecraft has a rough variation of that. Here's a string of numbers, da 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 and it's, like, based off that, it's like, here's some snow-capped mountains and some water and some desert, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, have fun. 
And so, but I guess I've never actually quite understood how it works. Other than, like, I mean, the word, the the very word procedurally generated, it just to me, it's like, oh, they have a procedure. They have a yeah. line of code that basically just like randomizes it or whatever, you know. Um, this was the first time I've ever had it explained, and this was also I thought like one of the most cleverest things I've ever heard. And I don't know if other people do it like this. I'm gonna actually. I was interested in looking into that myself and finding out like how other people do it you know what i mean yeah that's a really good idea see see like what the differences are and it probably right. like think i am only thinking about it as like a 2d kind of thing i wonder what it would be like 3d dude like 3d sounds much more complicated oh yeah but... i don't even know where to begin <laughs> um well that's i guess that's like that's how minecraft is like oh my god yeah. dude don't oh no well, yeah <laughs> Uh, well, that's something like, I don't know, maybe as like a long-term, long-term goal for yourself, uh, would be to, to do the game, the game of life. I think if you can do the game of life, dude, like you got the chops to, to do just about anything, uh, program, program <laughs> related. Um, if Sounds anyone's really interested hard. too, um, I can, I can post up my code that I have. Um, go ahead. Why not? Yeah, it was, it was fun. Interested. <laughs> Probably not. Tom's interested, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if anybody's wondering, we've mentioned Tom a few times. We're talking about MySpace Tom. <laughs> yeah. It was like, we were in the, the risk of rain game and it was like, there's three people watching me, Rhett. And then I was like, uh, you remember MySpace, how you always have one friend, <laughs> Tom, like he's watching us right now. Um, anyways, um, so yeah, I can post that code too. Um, cool. A couple of little cool things we, we talked about earlier this week, um, was Magica Voxel, Voxitron, itch.io. Um, I don't know if we just want to mention that real quick. Um, yeah, let's just give them some honorable mentions before we wrap up. Yeah. Um, um, when we first started like looking at game development, we looked at like pixel art, um, inspiration basically and i was looking at these like crazy kind of 3d looking pixel art and uh i found out that i found uh the guy who actually made some of the images we were looking at i actually found him on twitter and uh he used this program called magica voxel and it's um basically like kind of a 3d kind of like blocky um you know what do you what do you even want to call yeah. it like uh art program basically um yeah their voxels are cubes instead of pixels which are just squares voxels are cubes it's yeah imagine minecraft right every brick in minecraft is a voxel right yeah exactly so there's basically magic of voxel is just an editor for that and um, a bunch of people that have really amazing looking voxel art use magic of voxel which is free um, and we'll link to the website you can get it on. Um, there's another one called Voxitron, um, which I didn't dig too much into. Um, wasn't that basically the one where you? It, it's almost like you design the the art kind of like Magic of Voxel, but you can also like do animations and stuff with it as well. Um, 
Voxatron was the one that came with the Humble Bundle that I talked about. Um, and it's basically, yeah, you create... Basically, it's kind of like a weird little game where you create your own little arcade games within it, or little animations or whatever. And it's all voxel-based, and I haven't looked into it at all, but the whole point of it is that it's kind of like a community where you can create these things and then export them, and then anyone else with Voxatron can, like, play or, like, view your things. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it is kind of neat. Like, like there's some ones on the website. If you go to lexalawful.com, L-E-X-A-L-O-F-F-L-E.com slash Voxatron, uh, you can see it's just, like, some quick animations. Like, here's one with, like, a little twin-stick shooter type thing. You know, like Geometry Wars, this guy's running around, like, zombies are closing in on him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, yeah. like, a guy created, like, a little Articuno-looking bird. Uh, here's a guy. He's got a little level with, like, some snow falling, and he's, like, shooting lasers out of his eyes like Cyclops, and he, like, cuts the tree down and, like, cuts these pillars down. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know how much it costs. It says here uh, 20 bucks. I, thought, I got it for, like, I thought 10 the alpha game thing dev was bundle. free. But it could be wrong. It could be. I oh yeah, it might be. Here it is. Yeah, you might check it out. I don't know. But it's kind of a cool little thing, so Yeah. Um it'll make more sense if you just look at it on the website, which we'll post a link to. Yeah. The other thing we mentioned was itch.io, um, which is basically kind of like a repository for people's games that they want to share. Uh like yeah. indie developers' games. And uh we just thought it was pretty cool that that was that was uh something to like look at other people's work maybe showcase some of our work. Yeah. Um, There's and... a lot of ones that are free. Uh, some cost money. Yeah. But it's kind of a cool community. It's uh, kind of, a, it's like a messaging board type thing. People post up their games. People can play them. Uh, what's more is it looks like a lot of people use it to like organize game jams with strangers, which yeah. I thought was kind of neat. That is cool. Um, it's cool like getting involved in this, like seeing that so many developers and stuff are so involved with like other communities and all that sort of thing. And itch.io looked like a really, really cool um, community. Yeah. So, and I've been seeing a lot of it on Twitter. People do game jams, and then they post their prototypes or their finished products up there, and they're like, "Here's what we did over the weekend," you know. <laughs> and it's really cool. Like some of the stuff people come up with is just really great. So. Yeah. One thing I thought would be kind of fun to do is uh, do a Twitch stream of just playing games on itch.io just to kind of test them oh, out. Oh, that'd be a lot of fun. You know? Yeah, that's a good idea. And like, since we're looking for inspiration, uh for game development it's it's it makes me feel better when i'm looking at people's games that are new kind of just like us and so mm-hmm. i feel like that'd be a good thing to do kind of fun yeah for sure cool uh, man yeah i think that about does it i think that's about um, it uh do you have any challenge i'm trying to think man um, yeah, i've been trying to think of one for you too <laughs> well one thing that's been kind of life-changing this week for me um is Alia brought home a pull-up bar, one of those ones that like attach to like a door frame. Yeah. I was kind of scared to put it up because it seems like our door frames are kind of weak. But I put it up. Yeah. And I've been doing pull-ups every day. Dang, dude! Like, it feels so That's good to do ripped. pull-ups. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Like, um, I was reading uh, one of Tim Ferriss's books. Like, uh, what's oh, the new one called? Tools of Titans. Tools of Titans. Tell me now. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, he basically <laughs> interviews kidding. like a whole bunch of people, and one of the guys he interviewed is Jamie Fox, and he asked Jamie Fox like what he does for a workout, uh, and and Jamie Fox said that all he does is pull ups. He does like three sets of of three, uh, well three sets of fifteen, 
but he does three different types of pull-ups. And hmm. uh, that's all he does every single day. And, like, Jamie Foxx is pretty ripped. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he eats healthy and does uh, yeah, stuff on top of it. I'm but... sure. But it was pretty cool, like, getting that bar. And, like, their re- pull-ups are really hard. Um, yeah. And, like, I've just been trying to do, like, 20 a day or something of different kinds. And, man, like, the first couple of days I did it, I was so sore. Um, oh, I bet. So I don't know how that links into a challenge. It's more of a challenge for myself. Uh, I guess if you, if you can get your hands on a pull-up bar, like it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'd love to do that. Um, yeah. We used to do pull-ups all the time. Like in Boy Scouts, when you're out camping, it's like, all you have, like, (laughs) you don't have any, you know, you're killing time. It's like pull-up challenge and everybody's (laughs) trying to do as many as you can. And it's amazing. Like not only how quickly you feel results, like I feel like if you got down and tried to do like 50 push-ups throughout the day or whatever, Mm -hmm. like you'd notice it a lot further out than you would from pull-ups like even just starting out like just do pull-ups like when you have the energy it's like all right there's one and then you come back like an hour or two later and it's like all right here's another yeah (laughs) you just eke out as many as you can (laughs) you feel the results a lot quicker well uh this is something we didn't talk about but unfortunately the ducks lost in the final four it's a close game but during that game uh i did like so many pull-ups probably because i was stressed (laughs) but uh (laughs) at one point um I, uh, like, during this week, I did push-ups, which before I started doing pull-ups, I could probably do, like, 15 in a row, and then I'd be pretty tired. And, like, even just after a week of doing pull-ups, like, push-ups felt so easy. Like, I Mm -hmm. did, like, 25 push-ups, like, in a row, and it felt like I could just keep going. It was crazy. So. Yeah. That's really strange, though, that you bring up pull-ups and, um... And Tim Ferriss, because I had a dream like earlier this week where uh, I was like in this like weird, almost like boot campy type thing where I was like doing pull ups and I was like, do I could do like hundreds of them in my dream, you know? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. And also, Tim Ferriss had come out with a book called Tweets of Titans oh, really? or something like that. Yeah. And it was literally him just copying like celebrities' tweets <laughs> into a book and selling it. And I was like, fuck you, Tim Ferriss. Yeah, it sounds like kind of a cop out. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Tools of Luckily, Titans was, was pretty dream. good, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But it's not really like him necessarily passing off his agenda. It's just like him interviewing like a hundred of really successful people. But, I don't bemoan you for enjoying Tim Ferriss or a Tim Ferriss book. No, I just dude, really I, hate Tim I have Ferriss. mixed feelings about <laughs> him, to be honest, but um, that's a whole separate topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, goals, so I guess, yeah, goals I guess, for this week. I don't know. Do something, do, do something active every day. Like, all right, there's my challenge. Whether, active whether it's day. like I have, 25 push-ups or go for a walk, whatever, you know, do something active a good today. Idea. Also, um, look up, uh, look up, as you're mentioning about procedural generation, look up something about how other people do procedural generations and, uh, report back. Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'll have something hopefully next week to share. Um my challenge to you, um, Taylor, I guess. Um <laughs> I like how we don't think about this at all. Oh we just yeah, on the spot. <laughs> Well this is the first week this is the first time in a long time I haven't had one for you ready to go. Um 
Another uh, another side note. I started reading a new book. It's pretty awesome. What book? <laughs> uh, it's called Minute to Midnight, I think. And, oh yeah. Uh, I got inspired from the recent uh, Hardcore History episode that's about kind of the Cold War, and this book's about Destroyer of Worlds. Yeah. This book's about the Cuban Missile Crisis, which is really interesting. It kind of goes like the it's like a span of a couple like two weeks or something, talking about the everything leading up to the cold or the Cuban Missile Crisis, and it's just really intense and really interesting. Um, so one of my goals is to read quite a bit of that this week. Um, Taylor, I challenge you as well i want you to find a little bit of time every day doesn't have to be much but i'd say like at least 15 minutes i want you to find some time to enjoy some games you know get some heavy uh, heavy rain risk of rain gameplay in you know yeah mostly independent games or whatever Mm -hmm. maybe play some stardew valley a little bit yes um or uh you know any other sort of uh indie uh game like that or whatever if you want to play that triple a title go ahead but maybe like 15 minutes minimum uh just get a little bit of time in bite-sized little morsels of of games or whatever there's a lot of games that you can play basically like in a lunch break you know what i mean or even a 10 minute break and like feel feel pretty good about um so i don't know i don't want you to like you know have it consume your life by any means (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's something Uh, i i kind of it comes in waves and i've talked about this before but i i'm either like really invested in playing something like you know several hours a day or i just don't play for like 10 weeks or something so, right but playing risk yeah, of Rain the other you. day like really wanted me to to keep going and now that i'm focusing on game development i kind of feel like it's studying which is maybe not yeah, true well, <laughs> but uh it gives me I an think excuse it's important. to play yeah for sure you got to know uh, what's out there like, um, filmmakers can't make films if they've never seen one. Yeah, exactly. Authors can't write a book if they've never read one. Right. Um, I, you know, Stephen King says, if you want to be a writer, you have to read. Like, if you, and I feel like if you want to make games, like you gotta set aside a little bit of time. And I'm not saying a shit ton, but set aside a little bit of time, play some games. Like, I don't know. Um, Risk of Rain seems like the obvious one because we've been playing it, but yeah, maybe dude. some more Dungeons of Dreadmore. Oh yeah, or, uh, a, I don't know. Another good one. I don't know if you have Hyperlight Drifter yet, but that's oh, a good I one. I really want that game. I have like a bunch of games now that I want to pick up on the next Steam sale. I've been watching for it, but it's not here yet. Well, and, and uh, another thing too is like check that Humble Bundle. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while, like there's nothing really like super great out right now. Yeah. Um, I got that multiplayer bundle. Yeah, we should try just... one of those games. Yeah, sounds good to me. Um. So yeah, there you go. Play a little bit of games. Yeah. Um. Maybe choose like a new one every day or something. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good, man. Cool, man. Well, I think that's. Yeah, I think that. I don't know. That about, about does, does it. it. Uh, we got a long podcast we do here have for a long you. Podcast. I always think that they're going to be shorter than they are actually are, but that's what happens when. Now, one of talking. these days, we should aim for like a forty-minute one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh. Cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in to Game Devs Quest, guys. Appreciate you listening. Uh, check out our Twitter yeah. account at Game Devs Quest. Um, email us at gdq at airpodcast.com. Uh, yeah. Anything else cool. you want to say, right? <laughs> 
I'm at Red is Awesome on Twitter. R E T T is Awesome. I won't even give mine because my name's hard. <laughs> uh, anyways, cue that music. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> All right.